डियर लिस्नर्स साईराम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साइज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम यू कैन एंजॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम टूडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ थर्सडे लाइव ऑन जनवरी 2013 Sairam dear listeners as always today we are in for another segment of afternoon satsang and I am Arvind from team Radio Sai being joined by Prem from team Radio Sai and we both offer a most humble and loving sairams to all of you thank you arvind and sairam to all our listeners well prem you know there are some topics which rage on and on forever on the face of the earth mm-hmm. uh, let me make myself clear for example this debate between destiny and free will how much of our life is predetermined is our complete life based on destiny or is it totally in our control based on the actions that we do that is one debate i mean you know it goes on there have been debates at all levels from school college level international levels and in spiritual uh, there are spiritual discussions based on that political discussions based on it <laughs> how much do we have to just accept it as fate how much do we change that is one i was thinking more about another topic mm-hmm. which also i feel you know is a universal debate that has been raging on from times immemorial okay you know this is about the means and the ends do the means justify the ends do the ends justify the means in short if i want to do something noble is it all right if i adopt any means to achieve that goal or is being right and good in the means very important that irrespective of whether i achieve the goal or not or irrespective of where i am headed it's important that i always live by the proper means i mean this conflict or this debate between whether the means are more important than the ends or ends are more important than the means i think this is a debate that has gone on for long and will continue to go on irrespective of how many times it is debated and spoken about exactly putting it in a you know rephrasing what the the dilemma which you just said about it's again you know is intent alone enough or is the content also important <laughs> no is it enough if the intent alone is good or the content also should be good exactly when you when you talk about uh, a person's life it's a discussion which has been novels have been written about it and uh, i think so many movies would have been made with this thing and uh, as you said i think people are clearly divided you know in, on this topic uh i don't agree with that prem because i am not clearly divided you know i am uh, i mean you really can choose a side in this i mean uh, uh, to be honest even i can but uh-huh. i would be interested to know no the, the thing is choose. i can pick up a side mm-hmm. but i cannot say that you know i am on that side i can say maybe i am 55% on that side therefore i am greater okay. on this side or versus i am not on that side so so I, when it, when it's a question of life and death and you have to choose a side then <laughs> there's one side you choose or if it is if you put it that way every time when this thing about means versus ends come up you know 
I somehow always like to go along uh, with that the end objective, the goal is so important that it doesn't matter actually in the ultimate analysis how you achieve the goal is not important as the goal in itself. For example, if Mirabai, the great saint, she wanted to attain Krishna. If there is any devotee who thirsts to attain the Lord, you know, uh, I feel because this is a satsang, mm-hmm. we keep it to matters spiritual, but spiritual matters, you cannot actually make a compartment and say this is spiritual, this is not spiritual. Swami always says that. But I am speaking in uh, light of say, if I want to attain God. Okay. I feel it doesn't matter whatever I may do. I may do something that's indisciplined. As long as my motive is to achieve God and I am fixed on that and I am honest to that, I feel it doesn't matter. Let me clarify with an example. Uh, it is a recorded example in our Indian scriptures and I shall go a little into detail just for the benefit of some of the listeners who may not be aware. Okay. We are uh, aware of the 10 avatars that Lord Vishnu took. Matsya, Kurma, Varaha, right. of which Rama and Krishna are also part of the avatars. So, the story goes that at the gates of Vaikuntha, the abode of Lord Vishnu, there are these two gatekeepers called Jaya and Vijaya. Right. As any good gatekeeper would do, they do not allow anyone and all and sundry to get into Vaikuntha, mm-hmm. to the Lord's abode. And on one occasion, the four great saints called Sanat Kumaras. The greatness of Sanat Kumaras is that they look very young. They look like five and six year old boys. But they are the greatest sages of the Bharatiya culture. Mm. And when they come to visit Lord Vishnu, Jaya and Vijaya do not recognize who they are. Do not realize that they are on a very important task. They have to go in immediately. They in fact stop them and you know behave rudely with them because of which they are cursed. They are cursed that having been in such a grand position as the gatekeepers of the Lord, you have developed ego and therefore you are cursed to lifetimes of birth on the earth. Even if it's the threshold of heaven, power corrupts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, that is there. That's a, I think that's a universal problem uh, which even goes to heaven and hell if it exists I mean so well they curse them thus that you will be deprived of this opportunity of serving at the Lord's door and you will have to go down to earth and live the life of you know normal as humans as people Okay. when they come to know of that they come to realize their mistake they feel very very bad and the main reason they feel bad is that they will have to spend so many years away from their dear Lord Vishnu. True. And they fall at the feet of the Lord, you know, who is like the Supreme Court who can override or overrule anything. And they say, Lord, please forgive us. You know, we made this mistake. We stopped your greatest devotees from coming here. So this is a fault. We don't want to be punished thus. Now the Lord says that the mistake has been made. You know, Swami always says, uh, the Lord's grace is like a morphine injection. Mm-hmm. It's not that it will take away the pain. It will give you the strength to endure the pain because it makes you immune to the pain. It doesn't make you feel the pain, though you are having the pain. So that way the Lord, you know, minimizes. Because for the progress of the soul, it is important that the reaction is faced. So Vishnu tells them that here is a choice that I will give you. Mm -hmm. 
you are cursed to go on earth and spend lifetimes i will modify that and tell that either you spend seven lifetimes as my greatest devotees mm-hmm. you will be models models for devotion you will be ideals for devotion the whole world will look up to you the whole world will get inspired by you by your love for god and seven such births you can live or else you can lead three lifetimes as the greatest god haters <laughs> the whole world will be tormented by your hate for god and so much so that i will have to personally come down and annihilate you i will kill you okay and end your lives because you will become such a burden on earth three such lives you can live what do you choose and guess what jaya and vijaya choose the latter option they say we want to lead three lives like those demonic very cruel people and indeed it is said that they were the ones who took birth as hiranyaksha and hiranyakashipu the two demons who were killed by lord vishnu and again they took birth as ravana and kumbhakarna the two demons who were killed by lord rama and again as shishupala and dantavakra both who were again killed by lord krishna in different yeah. avatars and then they tell the lord lord we want to get back to you as soon as possible we don't care what is our name we don't care what is our fame on earth we don't care what we do staying away from you for seven lifetimes feels a lot three lifetimes is fine so we don't care what it is we will be demons we will torment whatever no problem as long as we can get back to you and i feel that is so inspiring so beautiful if your end if your goal is so noble i feel doesn't matter what the means are so i think you're taking a strong stance there you mean to say that <laughs> the ends does justify the means yes if the ends are noble pure and good whatever means taken in the larger picture the means get justified but that's interesting arun but i mean first of all let me put it in the very outset i really don't subscribe to that idea that means are not as important as the ends hmm Uh yeah talking about mythological stories maybe i can quote another mythological story and counter this story which you have narrated for us oh, okay. you spoke about hiranyaksha hiranyakashipu mm-hmm. and in the same lineage comes king bali we had right. uh, uh, actually hiranyakashipu's son was prahlada prahlada's grandson was bali king bali hmm. and if you take the life of king bali he was also an asura a demon and, yeah yeah and uh, we had the discussion during onam time you know in detail about how bali was uh, kind of accepted by the the other avatar of vishnu vamana vamana okay mm. in that case if you see bali was actually doing a sacrifice a yagna mm. to be the emperor of the world okay okay so the end in that case was something which was very arrogant and which was uh, something which was very uh, what do you say uh, preposterous really okay mm. there was no noble end to that Yeah, he just wanted more power and more influence. Okay, but all said and done, he mm. was a noble king. Mm. Okay, his means were very noble. Mm. He would do charity. He would take care of his citizens. Okay, but the end was not very noble there. And even in that episode where Vamana comes and asks for three steps of land, you now he would measure three steps and that much land he would want. Okay, and at that point, his guru Shukracharya says that you know he is not an ordinary Brahmin boy. This is Vishnu who has come and he is going to snatch away everything from you. Okay, so you just detest. Don't give him. And there he had this choice of you know either going back on his word, or mm-hmm. 
sticking to his word sticking to his principle and lose everything in the process hmm. okay there he had the choice of giving up the means to okay. reach the end but he stuck to his means hmm he remained honest to his word and you know what the story happens after that right hmm so yeah, i think vamana redeems yeah, him so i think this is a very clear indication that means are important means are very essential okay prem i mean uh, both stories very interesting but both are mythological and you know when we go to these mythological stories there are so many sub stories yeah, connected so we don't know actually how it happens what is the reason for each let's take something more contemporary you know let's take during our own swami's times you know mm-hmm. i remember one episode you know this again for me it showed the importance that the ultimate end the goal is so much more important than the means that it justifies whatever means what happened was you know swami used to call all the students in for a tri session when he used to be at the vrindavan ashram right. yeah in bangalore that was a very special session that only the students would enjoy because swami would call the students after the evening darshan yeah, session I into his own residence you know that corner door the moment aarti is over all our eyes will be on that door when know, will it open will it to open? tell us that swami has called us because he would not call on a daily basis it was usually uh, considered that swami should call daily, daily but every day would be a, you know waiting and hearts beating and surprisingly that's why i mean many of our uh, listeners might not be aware you know in the whole uh, first block as we call it in brindavan that is the area sitting area right opposite to the stage every morning when the students lines come in it starts filling up from the front that is from swami side towards the gent side the perimeter of the block gets filled because you can get a chance to interact with swami and the first areas to be filled are the central areas mm-hmm. because you're sitting straight to swami right and then the corner areas that is where the gent side that is the gent side corner mm-hmm. that would get filled ultimately mm-hmm. but in the evening it would be reversed the first boy who enters the hall would go and sit in the farthermost corner on the okay, gent side look. in fact from there the pillar would block swami's view yeah, and if any devotee had observed this it would seem very funny but this was done because For lines for thrice session would begin from that end that point and though you are not able to see swami during the whole bhajan in case there is a thrice session you get a chance to sit right at his lotus feet if you are sitting there and take the place of swami's footstool <laughs> correct on many occasions swami has used uh, people's uh, calf muscles or people's thighs as the footrest really? while the boy has pressed his feet and done pad seva and wonderful days <laughs> we get lost in that <laughs> but coming back to the story to this experience for this thrai session you know always what would happen is once you are beyond the door mm-hmm. all the athleticism of the boys would come to fore and they would race against each That's other true. to rush in so it is not an assurance that if you sit right in the first in the corner you get to sit right in the front you still have to beat all the others it's a survival of the fittest literally you know what evolution has taken a million years to show you could see it within the 3 minutes when the boys would rush from the hall to the thrai session on one such occasion there would be many elders and teachers also who would be called in for the session so mr vk narsimhan former editor of the great hindu paper and also Is more importantly sanatana? of the sanatana sarathi a great wit a great personality fantastic very powerful man very, very powerful, powerful man personality. in his language also but at that point in time he was not so powerful physically 
with his walking stick he was gently ambling his way for the thrice session when the flood gates were opened and the boys rushed in they rushed and almost you know two three of the boys bumped into him uh, shri vikin arsiman almost lost his balance and tipped over somehow he retained his balance but none of the boys even noticed that you know and they all rushed in and for any observer this would have looked like a very very indecent in, and indisciplined scene, act indisciplined act yeah and on that day during the thrice session swami asked shri vikin arsiman to give a talk <laughs> when he spoke Mission that swami <laughs> Okay. You know that uh, that anger that was there within him because of the way the boys had done in a dignified manner he said that this is not what is expected of students this is not how you behave basically he condemned that whole act of running for a thrice session but when swami spoke it swami said arsiman where else where else will you get youth in this age running madly and crazily for god this kind of madness for god is indeed appreciable so everything else is justified i mean swami himself justified it so when i see this i feel that's right so Actually, before we end that i mean that's another small thing which happened uh-huh. it seems he was so embarrassed by the way swami it became a rebuttal for him actually yeah the next day swami very mysteriously comes again to the thrice session and looks at him and says aaj kuch advice deta hai boys ko well prem then i rest the case your honor that's what i wanted to say that if you are really focused on achieving god then i feel doesn't matter what the means are yeah i mean actually honestly you put me in a tough spot because i think all of us as students have you know indulged in this indiscipline in the mm. name of uh, getting close to swami but i mean you cannot deny the fact that when this has happened swami has chastised us right i mean you have mm. uh, kind of brought an occasion where swami stood by us but there are occasions when swami has reprimanded us for such things Mm-hmm. where swami is uh, reprimanded boys for their oversight and swami mm-hmm. said you should be careful and you should be more sensitive mm-hmm. uh that apart you know there's another uh, incident which i'd like to narrate here again bringing the point that you know means by itself can actually take you to the end and that is why means are so important we had had the opportunity to narrate this inside kolmuth hall when we had that mm-hmm. uh, radio science special program you know on one occasion there was a program which was being aired on radio science where the listeners could write their queries and uh, professor venkatraman was seated here and he was addressing those questions so one question which came up was you know can an atheist realize god hmm. can an atheist attain self realization of course there's no question of realizing god, god for an atheist, atheist. Huh. but self realization is the same thing so can an atheist attain self realization so this was the question i don't uh, recall what was venkatraman says argument but as the discussion was going on swami was also listening to the same discussion in jajan mandir swami was seated there and listening to radio sai you know, exactly you, you know uh, dear listeners one reason why we say that we get this privilege to speak on god's own channel is because for a long time physically swami has been an avid listener of radio sai in fact one of the daily and constant multimedia interaction not multimedia exactly audio interaction that swami would have would be to radio sai the speakers of which were installed in his room at yajur mandir and on many occasions we got feedback uh, you know in the form of boys who were in swami's presence they would come and tell swami commented this and swami said in this in fact on one occasion swami uh, told professor g venkatraman and the other guests you know that um, sinclair has come 
mm. you know sinclair right. is a, a devotee of swami and always surprised because he had not come to india i think he was still in the united states at that time so they said swami no he swami said yes he spoke and i heard him speak also <laughs> you know it was the beautiful human side that swami would show and you know put all of us in that kind of maya that he doesn't know but swami would express on one occasion he expressed amazement at how you know he used to say these i don't know how they're doing it what i spoke 30 years back they're putting <laughs> it now amazing this i mean he used to uh, get amazed by apparent simple things what technology could do and all of us you know that human side we get so lost and we try to explain to him the concept of cd a dvd a memory chip oh my god till till swami makes a revelation saying yes i know that yet this had happened this had happened he said this and you realize whom you are speaking with that would part the clouds and allow the streak of light to come in but well those were yeah, the beautiful good. times So yes Arvind since you so much enjoy this <laughs> example okay. I'm sure I'm hoping that I can pin you down in this. <laughs> so that was a discussion you know can an atheist attain self realization? Mm-hmm. So the boy who was in Swami's presence when this program was being aired and Swami was listening you know he thought this is a good opportunity and he turned to Swami and he asked the same question. Okay. Almost like Swami what is your opinion? Of course that's the supreme court verdict. <laughs> You know, literally the final words. So oh, Swami, so Swami expressed an opinion. Yes. Yeah, so huh. It was, of course, not an opinion. It was. Yes, a, it is the truth. It's the truth, which I am shielding myself with. Okay. So he asked Swami. So Swami, can a atheist attain self-realization? Swami said, yes, of course. Hmm. Of course, an atheist can self-realization. And Swami said that anybody who is able to give up body attachment can attain self-realization. So I mean if you just uh, you know look at this thing this particular conversation it's very clearly saying that you don't even have to have that ultimate good in your sight mm. if you're able to do things which will lead you to give up your you know body attachment you're doing seva you're doing you know other practices by which you know selflessness by which your body attachment is reducing if the means are perfect the end will automatically be reached mm Prem, the only uh, question that crops up in my head when you say that is, you know, all of us are selfish to various extents. I mean, none of us is absolutely selfless because if we are absolutely selfless, then I don't think we'll be debating. I don't think we'll be speaking because nothing else will exist. There'll be only one if we are absolute selflessness. But because of this selfishness, all of us do something. in order to achieve something there's some goal in mind because of which we do every act of ours whether it is speaking writing eating drinking sleeping anything and so practically i find it difficult you know to just have means without an end it's always you have to have an end therefore i feel if you have a noble and glorious end then find the means get justified or whatever because if you have no end i mean what is the motivation to just do means there are means to what means get meaning only because of an end and therefore i feel the end is more important oh, but of course i think uh, the gita's karma khanda and karma yoga speaks otherwise where it says like you know the present is what is important mm. i feel the emphasis on present being important and the action which is at your hand is important i think that is the means that's when, right prem but uh, that is the truth mm-hmm. i mean see uh, when you are explaining to a child or when you are explaining to somebody For example if a 4 year old or 5 year old comes and asks you where did my brother come from you know the truth about how uh, generations are propagated but you will not explain that to the child 
you will explain maybe the stock got the babies <laughs> or you will make come up with some explanation and tell the child because when the child reaches the stage it will realize in the same way i feel though the ultimate is to just carry on in the present doing our action without any desire for the ultimate result that various stages we are in we may not be able to follow that any action that i do i always look for okay what will i achieve in the end it might not be purely selfish as what will i get but even say for example if we write an article or if we make a a special radio broadcast or anything there is an objective that you know it should touch a hundred hearts a thousand hearts make them feel happy there is some goal it's only the goal that inspires us to the means though maybe ultimately means alone matter and they automatically take to the goal yeah i think <laughs> that is a difficult one to reply to especially the one you said about you know why so many times mothers have to lie to their children because hmm. uh, it kind of confuses them the data which they are asking for may not be right for them at that age so i think that is indeed a difficult argument to counter so maybe we'll take, <laughs> take let, a break let me and escape and take a reprieve of her you know okay uh, we'll sharpen our swords and be back <laughs> after this song okay so we will just take a short break and we will play for you a little song and we're going to come back uh, right after this and continue this little argument of us wana Wow. 
welcome back dear listeners and welcome back prem <laughs> you know prem the other day i was just going through some of my diaries personal diaries and i came across a very 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 uh, beautiful moment for me in my student days that was when swami had called one other brother and myself both of us for an interview mm-hmm. just before a drama that we put up on the independence day in okay. 2004 i think yes 2004 so on the 15th of august morning of 2004 swami granted us an interview and you know he wanted to know all about the drama what was being done this was one of the first occasions when a big drama was being organized by the students completely by themselves mm-hmm. and swami had permitted them to put it up in kulwanthal and swami had agreed to watch it so swami as always you know took so much of personal interest and you know the drama was structured around all the great indian leaders of the freedom struggle and based on our understanding of whose contribution has been how much we gave roles you know like all of us know that mahatma gandhi has done a lot we gave him prime position and then no, actually interestingly arvind i think just huh. sneak in a little bit of information here hmm. i mean i'm really surprised to see that you know in one of the uh, accounts which is narrated in one swami's literature hmm. somebody shared with all of us uh, last evening on the day when this happened when mahatma gandhi was assassinated 1948 30th january 30th january mm-hmm. that evening it seems swami was just leaving out of the old mandir to go to uh, the chitavati sands swami must have been a 22 yeah, year swami old must have been 22 and that was a time when you know hardly 10 15 people used to be in the mandir and swami used to spend the whole evening and in fact late into the night they used to sit in the sands of chitavati mm-hmm. so it seems swami was just you know starting out for a session like that mm-hmm. and shortly after that swami again went back to his room Hmm. And then Swami was going into his room, then coming out and going into. Swami was very restless, it seems. Hmm. And little later in the evening, around five uh, thirty or six, Swami came out and Swami said, "A great soul has merged in me." Oh, Swami said, "A very, very great soul has merged in me." In and the, you know, in those days, there was yeah, no, uh, no instant communication. communication. In fact, the people in the ashram came to know that Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated the in that day. What time? Not even the next day. Three or four days later. Oh. Oh. Because there were no newspapers also in Puttaparthi in 1948. Correct. Stones throw from Stone Age. So I think oh when God. you just mentioned Mahatma Gandhi, I, I just wanted to narrate this because it was new to me. I've never heard this before. Well, in that light, Prem, you know, Mahatma Gandhi has been considered as the father of the nation for India, True. and he has been considered as the most important person who won freedom through the freedom struggle. so we had given him prime position and then there were the others there is bhagat singh there subhash chandra bose there bal gangadhar tilak there bipin chandrapal there lala lajpat rai so many you know all of them had their place in the drama when swami began to speak he began to speak at length about subhash chandra bose mm-hmm. now subhash chandra bose was the one who said that i want freedom and i want freedom at any cost and if i have to adopt means of violence and war i shall adopt it and that is where he differed in his ideas from mahatma gandhi mahatma gandhi believed in only non violence and they differed and the they went their own ways right you know they respected each other but they kept their distance and while mahatma gandhi proceeded along his way of non violence subhash chandra bose even goes and meets adolf yes, hitler adolf hitler to take his support to, to take his support in arms because he wants to beat he wants to beat the british and germany was at war with britain and he was ready to go at any cost because he wanted freedom right 
and you know nothing much is known about the death of subhash chandra bose it's all in mystery and nothing is known but swami you know he almost got tears in his eyes talking about subhash chandra bose i was sitting there i was so moved i was thinking what is this swami how are you so moved by subhash chandra bose and swami said nobody knows what subhash chandra bose was hmm. okay his contribution is irreplaceable what he has done what he has achieved cannot be done by anybody he is one of the greatest patriots in fact you know after that interview we went and added few more dialogues to subhash chandra bose and you know amped up his role in the drama because okay. the amount of importance that swami gave to subhash chandra bose and swami said you know his goal was so lofty nobody even understood and prem that very afternoon we were going through some of the books on subhash chandra bose one book where there were letters written by subhash chandra bose to his mother mm-hmm. and one letter i remember he says mother i'm fighting for freedom and if needed i shall give up every drop of blood in my body for freedom because freedom i'm talking is not just freedom from the british that is just political freedom the freedom i'm talking about goes beyond politics beyond the body beyond the mind in the realms of spirit where you know he was talking of the advaita that adi shankara propagated you know of becoming one with the lord and he said that is true freedom when you don't have any kind of attachment and bondage in fact not many people know that subhash chandra bose as a teenager actually ran away to the himalayas to become an ascetic to become an ascetic that is why prem for me swami vivekananda and subhash chandra bose are almost like Very synonymous true. because right. both of them were fiery fighters one did on the physical plane other did on the mental plane but both were very spiritual both were so spiritual and you know the way swami was talking about subhash chandra bose now i am reliving that because for me that showed again that as long as your ends are noble and glorious that was subhash chandra bose's end ultimate freedom it did not even matter you know he could be condemned for having taken hitler's support hitler is taken as the worst kind of enemy for mankind he's criticized that way he took on violence violence is considered as opposite of peace and opposite of an ahimsa that swami has put in the five human values but yet swami was speaking highly of subhash chandra bose so much about subhash chandra bose and i feel that is because his goal was so lofty that the means just did not matter <laughs> well that is true in in a sense but maybe you could say that that uh, end being so important and so sublime is very important but i don't still think that discounting the means is the means i don't think that's right uh, mm-hmm. fine you know a person like subhash chandra bose i think his focus on the goal was so strong you know his goal was so noble that maybe he felt that uh, you know a little bit of compromises here and there in the means is okay compared to a personality like mahatma gandhi who stuck to his principle uh, all through hmm. but i don't think still we can deny the, the importance of means hmm. i mean that's again comes out from the fact that swami came out and said the great soul has merged in me right <laughs> yes <laughs> mahatma gandhi's ways were not right swami wouldn't have made a statement as profound as that another thing which just comes to my mind when i say that means are very very important we spoke about uh, mr karanjia 
the editor uh, of blitz the editor of blitz mm. when we had the satsang they came they, they came, saw, they saw and he, he conquered, conquered. Mm. in that one of the first personalities which featured in our discussion was karanjya now if you look at karanjya karanjya came as a person you know the motto of his uh, visit to swami was i want to expose this this fake baba that was his motto that was his goal huh? that was his goal hmm okay but when he came he came as an honest journalist because mm. at that time there were many people who were uh, writing wrong things about swami without even knowing or without even finding out what swami why was why that day premium on today people yeah, even today actually <laughs> and actually and in a very very practical way that's a very very wrong practice of journalism hmm you know even now if you see you get a story you are always supposed to verify it from the person who is the important part of that story correct even though you are actually uh, reporting against that person hmm. you are supposed to get that person's version but here was a you know a plethora of journalists who were just maligning swami without even caring to find out what was actually happening in puttaparthi hmm. but karanjya was not like that he was a person who had a communist bent of mind but he said as a journalist communist means they are not yeah, they are atheists uh, huh? yeah more most of the communists are atheists so here was a person he said as a journalist i have to go myself i have to try my best to get an audience with this person hmm. before i report against him okay and so that is why he came here and because i feel that means were so sincere i think swami responded to that and in fact swami told him you are a genuine seeker that's why i'm speaking to you you know it is said faith is a gift swami gifted him faith he went back and wrote god lives god in lives india. in india in this example prem your uh, stance was that karanjya had uh, a bad end in mind you know that i'll expose swami and and his means were good and therefore the ends also became good in the end right but if we see it in a slightly different perspective mm-hmm. it's not that he came with a bad end his goal was not bad for the sake of the story that part is stated more vehemently that i am going to expose swami mm-hmm. that was what he had heard but his ultimate goal was i want to know what is the truth so i feel his end was actually very noble he wanted to know the truth if the truth is that baba is god yes if the truth is baba is a fake i will expose and he felt that the truth is going to be that baba is a fake and that is why when the story is narrated it's always said that he came here to expose baba we have seen so many people who come with wrong intentions whatever intention you come with you get that he did not come exactly so you saying though he didn't come to become a devotee huh. because he came to clarify certain things That's that what, itself was a good his end. ends were good his ends were noble his ends were i want to discover the truth so therefore i don't think that that's a case of uh, means being good but ends being bad i think the ends were also good so fine <laughs> i think yeah in a sense like you know if you remove swami from the picture if you see as a person as a, the dharma of a journalist hmm. who was to give people the truth and so i think that was the end which he approached very true actually i think you know from this discussion what i can finally say is and in a sense i was trying to drive this point hmm. that there's no question of ends being bad at all whatever you are whatever path you take the end has to be good i think there is no compromise there is no uh, you know ambiguity about that the question is uh, the ends are good okay that's taken as the ground first thing the ends have to be good but Uh, what i'm trying to say is if your ends are good it doesn't matter the means get justified but you know you just take the same example of karanjya okay mm. you know in a sense his end was good mm. okay he wanted to give the truth but the good which he thought was not the ultimate good 
because he came with the idea that Swami is not truly divine. Hmm. Okay, but since his means were also good, Swami made sure that he makes that little detour and comes to the right end. Hmm. So means are important, isn't it? Uh, well, Prem, let me now take recourse to another story because. Uh, I cannot proceed further and give you a rebuttal based on Karanjia's experience because, yeah, and so I am taking recourse to another story of another great person, you know. Okay. Um, Shri Kama Vadhani. He was okay. a great Pandit, a Vedic scholar. And we, we know that Swami had great cent- uh, love and respect for him. A centurion. He lived for yeah. 100 years. Yes. And uh, it's almost like there's nothing in the Vedas that he doesn't know. I mean, he... He can be considered as an avatar of a sage <laughs> in the modern times. Now, uh, Kamavadhani Garu, uh, he was quite orthodox in his practices. Right. And it's therefore... A typical uh, Vedic Brahmin. A Vedic Brahmin who would strictly abide by everything. You know, mm-hmm. A person, in your words, who would ensure that all means are right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, I mean, he won't swerve even a bit from the path. And I'm talking about uh, something maybe in the 1961-1962, very early 1960s. At that time, Swami with a small group of devotees, which included Shri Kamavadani. Okay. Uh, I think that must have been just after uh, Kamavadani got introduced to Swami. Because I think he came to Swami first time during the Dashara Yajnam, right? Correct. 61-62. Correct. So then uh, that was the time. And uh, in uh, hostile language parlance, Shri Kamavadani was in great form <laughs> since Swami used to regularly interact with him. And Swami had taken him along also. Actually, this was not Swami taking along devotees. A devotee had in fact taken along <laughs> the group because okay. at that time there was Invited no Sai Shruti in Kodai Kanal or anything. He just said, Swami, please come visit Kodai Kanal. This is Okay, to Kodai Kanal, okay. Kodai Kanal. Mm-hmm. So on the way to Kodai Kanal, this devotee, you know, he had a small bungalow there. So they had rest- stopped. Now, this devotee, if you see according to the caste system, you know, uh, now let's not get into the details of the caste system because that's a very misunderstood term and actually it's something very noble and beautiful, but often misunderstood and misrepresented. But anyway, this person happened to be of the business caste, that is the Vaishyas. Okay. And Kamavadhani Garu, he's a Brahmin, mm. that is the worshipping caste. So... His means at that time was that he should either cook his own food or eat food cooked by another Brahmin alone. And therefore, he told this person that, you know, I cannot eat any food that is cooked. So, just get me some milk and fruits that will suffice. The other person also agreed, understood because this is a person who has been strictly following. You know, even we have so many practices like that. A person who always sleeps before this time, who always eats by this time. So when he visits our house or whatever, even if it's a little inconvenience for us, we accommodate him because he's been doing it for so many years. So this devotee also was happy with that. He said, yes, yes, I shall ensure that milk and fruits come for you during mealtimes. It went on for a few sessions. One session, Swami noticed that Shri Kamavadani was not having his lunch. Mm -hmm. So he asked him, where's your lunch? Where's your plate? Why no plate for you? Then at that time, this devotee, you know, he rushed to the aid of Shri Kamavadani. He told Swami that, uh, Swami, this person, you know, he's been following these prescribed rituals. Mm -hmm. He's been perfect in his means. (laughs) That he didn't tell (laughs) that I'm telling you. So he said that he will have this way, Swami. So I have asked for fruits and milk. They'll be arriving. Mm -hmm. 
And Swami told the devotee, you just be quiet, sit, sit on the side. He turned to Kamavadani and asked him, Why is it that you are not having? He said, Swami, I prefer to have milk and fruits. Said, why have you come here? Swami, this is a chance to accompany God. So why I should not? You consider me God. But the food that is fit for God is not food fit for you, is it? Mm. He asked, Swami asked him. Okay. And he put him in a fix. Now, Swami said, either you get a plate and have the food that we are having or else you can go back. Which was such a kind of a blackmail, you know, it was like threat. We all know when Swami gets stunned. Yeah. <laughs> now, this devotee, he did not know what to do. He had to fetch the plate. So, he went to Kamavadani Garu. He told him that, you know, let's just see, I'll try, we'll try to speak to Swami or something. But then, Shri Kamavadani, the great person he was, you know, he stood for all the essence of Vedic understanding, you know. He just said, you get me a plate, serve me the food. Mm, And he had the food, as Swami said. He in fact relished the food. And in fact, even told Swami that Swami, why didn't you create this drama earlier so that I need not have skipped such wonderful food for these sessions also? Okay. I mean, that was such a sport that he was. Coming back to the point, there, the goal is if you have to reach Swami or you want to please Swami, doesn't matter your rituals, your the things that you are stuck with, don't get stuck with any of that. It doesn't matter. The means, this was a, clearly a case where the means were violated on Swami's instructions for the sake of the ends. So, what uh, do you say, Prem? That indeed is a very strong example, but I'm glad that you actually quoted Kamavdani because I, I know a very uh, similar incident, hmm. but here Swami was taking the sides of the means. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. okay. Okay, I think this should have happened a little later after this incident which you quoted, you know, hmm. and this is uh, narrated by Mrs. Gita Mohanram. Okay, the... Yeah, Dr. Yes. Padmanabhan's uh, daughter. Hmm. Uh, it so happened that Swami was in Bangalore hmm. to attend a teacher's convention. You know, Balvika's teachers and few other teachers. Uh, something like a workshop which was being held. And Swami was attending that workshop. And the guest of honor was the governor of Karnataka. Hmm. And Kamavadani was also accompanying Swami. So, I mean, it was a huge gathering there. Swami was there. VK Gokak, a first vice-chancellor of our university... And some other dignitaries, Bhagavantam was there and all these people were there, Kamavadani. And uh, the schedule of that day, you know, when Swami was attending this function, was that till lunchtime, they would have these sessions. And then Swami was supposed to go to the governor's house Mm. and have lunch there. And that uh, program would go on till 3 o'clock or something. And again, the same thing, you know, Kamavadani was there. Swami thought that Kamavadani will not eat food in the governor's house. Mm. So if he had to have lunch... He will have to wait till the you know, visit to the governor's house is over and maybe go back to Brindavan and in Brindavan at around 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, he will have to have his lunch. Hmm. And he was a 90-year-old man. Okay, and Swami was concerned about that. And Swami could have told him, you know, have food in the governor's house. But Swami was actually wanted to protect his orthodoxy. And okay. also he had to have a bath before he has his lunch. Hmm. Okay, so what Swami did, you know, Swami called for the car, Swami called Padmanabhan. And Swami said, let's go to your house. Let this man have food in your house. And then we'll come back and then go to the governor's house. Hmm. Okay, so Swami broke away from the gathering which he was supposed to take part in. And uh, Gita Munaram says that, you know, she and her sister are alone there in the house because their mother also is there in the gathering. Okay. Okay, suddenly father 
her father mr kamadani garu and uh, gokak and uh, bhagwantam and all them land up in their house mm-hmm. and swami walks in and swami says see this kamadani is there 90 year old man he will not have food in any other uh, person's house so is there any food and swami walks into the kitchen opens and finds there's only rice and sambar okay okay the two dishes are made because only two girls are there uh, the mother said just have a simple lunch today because i'm very busy and swami looked at it and so little rice <laughs> this is not be enough for him swami asked him do you know to cook i said no swami we don't know to cook do you at least know to make rice so she said yes swami i can make rice so he said okay make a lot of rice the sambar is enough and swami said you just make a little curry i'll tell you how to make it oh swami he was a chef <laughs> okay and swami told them how to make it and imagine swami is going to the living room where all these other dignitaries are sitting swami is entertaining them and coming back giving them tips as to how to cook swami was the chef the host and swami is giving instructions to come on you okay you go here have your bath okay. so uh, these two little girls showed the scholar where the bathroom is and as he was going in another interesting thing happens you know as he is going in he says uh, get my dhoti and my angavastram you know the clothes, clothes which clothes. the brahmin wears and uh, these two little girls are wondering what do we do for the clothes now so then they come back into the kitchen and from there they signaling to their father trying to call him and the father comes he says he's asking for his clothes where what do we do with the clothes okay and uh, listening to this commotion swami comes in so he says what's the thing and they say swami he's asking for his clothes and swami says oh his clothes are in my car <laughs> i'll come in dr padmanavan's car then swami says okay no problem you go open your mother's bureau and cupboard, uh, huh? your cupboard and swami says under the red silk sari there is one silk dhoti which your mother has kept to be given to some brahmin okay okay swami wow. says go and get it and they open and see exactly under the red silk sari there is this you know swami when he gets into a tight fix just uses a one spark <laughs> of divinity and it's solved <laughs> yeah really you know and swami says that she is a 90 year old man and he chants 1008 gayatris while having bath so he is going to take a long time to have his bath so you have enough time to prepare the food so swami gives instructions and everything is ready and when he comes back after his bath you know swami again says see that you cannot go and serve him because you are young girls and that's another restriction that mm-hmm. young girls cannot serve him and swami says i can serve him because you know he has taken me as god he knows that i'm god so i can serve him <laughs> Imagine that scene, Arvind. Then this man is sitting in the puja room. He mm. won't even sit in the dining room. So he mm. says, "No, he can't sit in the dining room." So he's seated in the puja room, and he's seated down. The plate is kept for him, and these girls are there in the kitchen. And Swami is going between the kitchen and the puja room and serving this man. Mm. I mean, <laughs> looking at it, you know, sitting in the puja room and being served food by God. I mean, uh, that's something. What a honor! Phenomenal. What a But. the thing what i'm trying to say is see how many orthodoxical uh, practices swami is trying to protect in this swami could have told him you come with me to the governor's house and have food if means were not important why would swami take all this trouble very very interesting and convincing point prem you know the fact that see in this case it is the same person the same person for whom swami destroyed his adherence to orthodox procedures and once that was destroyed swami himself is fostering that i mean it's very very significant and it you know opens up new vistas True. new perspectives it's a very different dimension altogether in this discussion yes maybe we can come to that after another small break uh, we can play for our listeners that beautiful song which was sung as the first song of convocation drama 
it is so wonderful so magnificent which says that ultimately what the lord does is the best you just keep living your life i mean I, it's a very <laughs> bad translation let's listen to the song and enjoy this beautiful song and then be back for the discussion पहचान रे चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा इंसान चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा इंसान ऊपर वाला साथी चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा इंसान चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा
मेला है जग का क्यों जीता मगरूरी में श्रद्धा दीप जलाले मन में श्रद्धा दीप जलाले मन में मालिक मिले सबूरी में मालिक मिले सबूरी में खुद में ढूंढे चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा इंसान चलता जा इंसान रे तो चलता जा इंसान यस वेलकम बैक डियर लिस्नर्स वी वेर in the middle of a very 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 significant and important point prem with those two examples of shri kamavadani garu you know it brings into light one very subtle yet very powerful and poignant message on one hand swami is breaking down if you can say breaking down the means and the path that one has decided to adhere to and once he sees that that person is ready that for the sake of the goal i am ready to do anything even let go of my means one swami is convinced that you are ready to let go of your means even even your all your means whatever it may be for the sake of the end once you have reached that state he comes and then he himself supports and helps to ensure that you never have to break your means i mean swami is giving in the first case saying that the ends are so important that to hell with the means i mean literally <laughs> literally and then coming back and saying now that you are so focused and well on the goal now yes i shall ensure that you won't have to break even one mean even if it means i have to change the whole world for that sake what what's your take on that prem i mean really true when when the focus on the end is absolute hmm i think it's it's only then the means get meaning actually hmm the best example you can think of is you no know, is the example of pandavas and, and krishna hmm you know what actually brought uh, krishna so close to the pandavas their adherence to satya their adherence to dharma they were their adherence to the what was right hmm because at every point krishna actually emphatically said that whatever happens i will stand by these people because they are dharmic hmm and the same krishna <laughs> we all know that you know it's it's history that how many times krishna himself you know broke the rules during the war so called rules yeah. so called rules which was uh, laid down and in fact even uh, krishna was telling arjuna in the battlefield give up all your idea of dharma and do what i am telling you to do hmm so the same dharma which is actually brought you to the lord the lord is telling you break it to come closer to me and you know very interestingly just couple of uh, weeks back the science wise message which we sent out hmm. had this very message swami was telling that the bhagavad gita which is the essence of all understanding and all practical knowledge hmm. starts with the verse dharma kshetre kurukshetre which means dharma is all important dharma is the most important entity for a living being hmm. the means dharma is the means dharma is the means and swami says that very bhagavad gita ends 
in the final chapter is the verse that sarva dharman parityajya sarva dharman parityajya mamekam sharanam raja, raja. where krishna says just take refuge under my feet and give up all your ideas and give concepts up all of dharma, dharma. Hmm. And Swami is saying, "See, isn't this a contradiction?" And Swami says, "This is not a contradiction." And Swami explains, "Through dharma, transcend dharma." Wow! Through the means, give up being bound by the means. This is very significant, Prem, because it shows that when it boils down, ultimately, it boils down to the fact that you should not be attached to anything or even dharma. If you are attached to dharma, also see in this case of kamavadhani, that's what it is. It's an attachment. When you are attached to it, I shall break all attachment because you be attached to nothing else but God, God which is your own true self. And so Swami breaks that down. Even He breaks down our attachment to our concept of God. Very true. When we hear of so many Shirdi Baba devotees, you know, even today many Shirdi Baba devotees they they repelled at. swami they feel how can it be <laughs> so was the stories of shirdi baba devotees who came to swami but then that is what swami did broke their attachment to the shirdi form because once they are ready to break it up after that he gave them darshan as shirdi sai only <laughs> he gave them photographs of shirdi sai only so his objective it looks appears for us that swami breaks down attachment towards anything and once you are ready to be totally detached from anything he comes and fosters the same states that thing and i think that is the problem with all our rituals today you know hmm. definitely these are means for the end but we get so obsessed with the nitigrities of the, the means mean. that we get so lost in them and we lost lose sight of the ends actually now as it is said you know a brahmin who worships god takes a bath holy dip you hmm. know they chant the sahasra shisha pusha that was where it is said that the yeah it describes each caste each, as one particular one angla limb, of god one, one part of god, of god. Hmm. it is said that you know brahmins are the face the vaishyas are the uh, stomach and uh, the kshatriyas are the shoulders the correct you know it is said that the brahmins are the intellectuals the caste system was based on your specialization True. see we have some people who are sportsmen some who are intellectuals some who are uh, good in trade so that way it was done it was said that all those who are good as sportsmen for example or fighters they are kshatriyas they are the shoulders of god so brahmins who are all thinkers intellectuals they are the head of god yeah and it is not by birth it is by what you are good at so if you are a thinker you become the head of god <laughs> if you are a sportsman you become the shoulder of god you don't become a kshatriya because your father is a kshatriya you don't become a brahmin because your father is a brahmin exactly and you know chanting this verse where it uh-huh. says that shudras are the feet of the lord uh-huh. and they take a dip and they come out the moment they see a outcast a shudra a, a lowborn so called lowborn and they move away you are telling that you know the shudras are the feet of the lord are you are you take pada namaskar are you moving away from the feet of your own lord and here you are chanting a verse which says that everybody is god hmm. and right out of that you know that moment when you chant that verse you are acting exactly oppositely so we are thinking that the perfection of the means will lead us to the end and we are getting so lost in the means so much so that we are losing sight of the end itself well prem now it started off by me supporting ends and you supporting means and now i am supporting <laughs> the means and you are supporting the ends i think this can be perfectly summarized by what one of my classmates told me you know he said why is there a debate 
the goal the goal of human life that is what is said in bhagavad gita you said it states the goal is dharma he says dharma is the end dharma is the means where is the debate <laughs> i said wow that's right i mean so dharma is the end your goal is dharma your means are dharma so why is there a debate about what is more important that's all both are dharma so that is where this important point of attachment comes in there should be no attachment i mean means get importance because of the ends you know a means without an end is meaningless True. at the same time an end you cannot attain a noble end without noble means it is just that in our limited time period or limited understanding we do not we see something as good or bad but how do you know what happened for example prem you know there is the story that is recorded in satyam shyam sundaram of a person by name kalpagiri mm-hmm. he murdered his wife he right. killed his children and then when the police were chasing him he runs away to the he himalayas. runs away to the himalayas to become an ascetic and the police start hounding him even there he doesn't know what to do he 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 is restless he wants peace he's he wants some kind of you know consolation his conscience pricks him without knowing what to do he lands up in puttaparthi and he's dressed in the ochre robe and swami gives him an interview and swami gives him an interview swami tells him throw away this false robe this is not say swami what should i do he tells you go and surrender to the police he says swami if i surrender to them then they'll hang me i'll be hung for my crimes swami says i will ensure that not a noose but a japamala a rosary a rosary bead a necklace will fall around your neck and not a noose i will ensure that you go and surrender and at that point in time kalpagiri goes and surrenders to the police and in fact he is jailed he suffers for a while after that he receives presidential pardon <laughs> he is let out when he is let out as per his promise swami gives him an interview and gives him the japamala and tells now go on and you will attain what you are seeking in this case kalpagiri's goal was bad he wanted to escape the police and just run away his means were bad he killed his wife i mean everything was bad and yet yet his life found fulfillment the only reason i feel is because he gave up all attachment there he was ready to do whatever swami says that was exactly what krishna said sarva dharman parityajya mamekam sharanam raja just take refuge under me do as i say if i tell you to do that way be ready also at that time don't tell me that means are important and so ultimately it comes down to having no attachments having no attachment and then when we are totally detached at that time if we have been following as per protocol or as per our orthodox uh, practices or whatever swami will come and swami will uphold that <laughs> because we are not attached and he knows that our attachment is only to god so i think this whole discussion boils down to we having attachment only to god and nothing else very true and i think all of us as devotees will face that point where you know what is actually taken us close to god you know that will be challenged by god himself and that is where this uh, thing of being detached is so important because we everything comes out of that you know we were talking about how humility which actually takes you closer to god can become an hindrance mm. when you get uh, pride in humility <laughs> when you get proud very humble really? person 
<laughs> yeah, it is said in the most uh, proud statement anybody could say is, "I'm very humble." <laughs> you get attached to your detachment. Yeah, you get attached to. Yeah, there's the, the story of. Yeah, I think you should narrate that story. Yeah, the story of Ubhaya Bharati. It is said that Ubhaya Bharati, when she was walking, she sees that an ascetic, a renunciant, is sleeping on the floor, but he has kept a mud pot under his head as a pillow. <laughs> he has given up everything in life. You know, it's actually a fantastic statement to say that. all that i have is just this mud pot and nothing else i've given up everything but if you see in another light you've given up everything but you're not able to give up that mud pot and ubhaya bharati tells and says see this person has so much of dehabhiman i mean he has he's got so much of attachment even normal people do not hold on to their mud pots like this as this person is holding on to <laughs> and the minute he hears this he gets up breaks that mud pot just to show that he is nowhere connected he's not to attached to the pot and then ubhay bharati says that you know i thought that he had only attachment he also has ego he also has anger <laughs> and the minute he says that swami narrates the story that that person falls and asks ubhay bharati a woman to be his master guru and guide so the danger you know like they say when you have humility you get pride that i am so humble when you have detached you get so much attachment towards you being detached it is such a such a subtle yet powerful way in which we get entangled and that is why we have to constantly endeavor to keep our focus on swami very truth you know you had said about uh, what brought us many times it has happened prem that you know people tell this person he is the one who inspired it so often happens that you hear about swami from a person <laughs> and you get to know swami and you are so inspired by swami and you feel your life has changed and then you come to know that in some way or the other this person happens to be a crook or he has done something wrong and you are shaken you think what is this the i mean that has got nothing to do in the same way many times you know our organization it has come up in such a wonderful manner the satsai organization it brings you along the path and gets you so much of swami and at time sometime you get so involved in the organizational things and sometimes even into what is something like the politics the fighting here the infighting there this group that should happen this finally the organization which got you to swami apparently seems to be pulling you away from swami that is swami's message that you use everything as a means to get to the ends everything the organization if if not the person everything but don't get attached to the means i think constantly that uh, you know keep checking is the means actually taking me to the goal correct instead of being lost in the means follow the means i think the means are very very important i think that's the message as long as we believe that we are the body as long as we have not transcended as long as we have attachment we have body attachment i think we should concentrate on the means but at every point ask ourselves is the means leading us to the end because the means have value only till they take us to the end correct and every time we get examples of swami apparently in quotes compromising on the means to reach to an ends if we see in every of those episodes you see the lesson that swami is trying to give by telling a person not to get attached because means are important as long as we have body attachment once there's no body attachment it doesn't matter that's why prem krishna is never you know condemned as a killer <laughs> krishna is never condemned as a liar people do it you know out of whatever ignorance but it is never because whatever krishna spoke is satya whatever he did is dharma they define satya and dharma 
why is it that anything that a great man does a man of god does an avatar does is always justified and never wrong the only reason is one speciality that the avatars and men of god have over men and that is total detachment when we are totally detached whatever we speak will be truth whatever we do will be dharma but till we reach that stage of detachment we have to stick to means follow the means as long as we have body attachment means are important very true arvin and so one of the best imagery which comes to my mind is that of a satellite launcher you know mm. when you want to launch a satellite in orbit you have something which carries that satellite the booster rocket the booster rocket okay and uh, i don't want to go into the rocket science i'm not good at that but you generally you know engineer the rocket the rocket in such a way that it is able to escape the velocity of the earth right, right? it have an velocity which can escape the yeah, gravity escape of the velocity earth. you escape the gravity of the earth right and go to the power, you know that part of the atmosphere where this satellite has to be placed mm. so the rocket is engineered in such a way that it has a main engine which actually gives it this boost to take it across the atmosphere of earth mm. right and after this is reached after the atmosphere is crossed this very body which actually took it beyond that atmosphere is dropped correct thrown back thrown back that is the mechanism because if it is not dropped the rocket will again fall back onto the earth it will pull it or it will not be able to go and set this satellite on orbit mm. i think that is the very essence of our discrimination good and bad our adherence to dharma our attachment to the means the engine and booster being the means being the means so the same means the same dharma the same understanding which we have which takes us beyond this gravitational pull has to be dropped at one point in time so our attachment to good and bad our distinction of good and bad has to be dropped at a certain time for us to go beyond mm. and reach that end to go beyond i think it's better that we conclude at this <laughs> point because i don't think anything else can be added to such a profound thought that you have brought dear listeners we hope that you enjoyed this satsang as much as we enjoyed it we would love to know your thoughts too so that we can share as part of our satsang and we can enrich future. our understanding too exactly prem because that is all we are we are all fellow pilgrims on the same path though we chose different routes we are all headed to the same destination and that is the lotus feet of our dear swami and that is the place where both prem and myself from team radio sai offer our most humble pranams and gratitude for giving us this wonderful chance to have this satsang on his own radio channel with that we sign off dear listeners thank you happy listening sai ram you just heard an episode of our radio series afternoon satsang this is a live discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12.30 p.m. on January 31st, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Sai Ram.